Hello and welcome to the Gaki Music Podcast. I am Wolf, the original creative. And today we have a special guest, Harriet. Hey, how you doing? Nice to be here. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Harriet JW uh, and I started a music platform called Secret Sessions, which started as a YouTube channel and now exists as one of the uh, flagship live music nights uh, for um, emerging talent. Um, and I've also started a platform called Girls to the Front, which um, addresses the gender bias in the music industry and gets female talent working together and um, networking. Amazing, amazing. That is absolutely lovely. And today, do you find that it's a bit, there's so many ways to go here, that it's it's a bit difficult to for people to get their voices heard or do you think it's much easier? For um, females in general or for musicians? I would, say, I would say both. And if there's any differences and to kind of talk about that. Yeah, so um, I think generally it's difficult for new talent to be heard right now. Um, you know, labels are investing later and later in artist journeys. So, you know, where 10 years ago an artist might have been signed, now they're kind of left to their own devices a little bit later in their career. Um, I think the internet generally makes it difficult for anyone to be heard. It's a blessing and a curse. So you have everything you need to be heard at your fingertips, but everybody else has everything at their fingertips as well. So it's a lot about trying to kind of cut through the mass of uh, the digital space in order to find your voice. Um, female talent, yes, it can be more difficult because there are uh, less opportunities for female musicians, um, but that's changing. There's a lot of people doing a lot of great work in this area to make it um, a more equal balance between the genders. Yeah, no, I I agree with, with that. I think it is a blessing in the curse with the internet because everyone has the same potential access, but that can lead to a very crowded market space and a lot of noise. So trying to cut through that can, you know, pose its own challenges in a number of ways. Yeah, definitely. And also in the previous episode, um, there was a mention of an organization called Girls in Control that released a report recently about how like imbalanced the ratios of males to female um, in in big companies, music companies, like how imbalanced it was. And that was absolutely shocking. It, it, it was unbelievable, really. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so that that would be the seat at the table report by um, Nadia Khan and Women in Control. Uh, and there's also been, there's been a few great studies. Another one is by a lady called Vic Bain called Counting the Music Industry. Uh, and what these studies basically do is they bring it into the consciousness of, you know, the public and the industry and things can often get brushed under the table a little bit and overlooked. Um, so, this, you know, all these studies are brilliant because um, they allow they allow people to actually know, see the figures up front and you, you just kind of can't you can't deny it when when they're in black and white like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. It's good to bring the awareness to the forefront so people can be more proactive in doing something about it. Yeah, definitely. And also, we've touched on a few of those things around inclusivity and, um, you know, representation within the industry. But, like, even more, more broadly speaking, what, what do you think about 
um, the inner workings of an entrepreneur because you've already stated that there's quite a few challenges for everyone um, in different ways. So what would you say fundamentally needs to be um, a set of characteristics or skills that someone may need to be an entrepreneur in the music space? Yeah, um, so you need to you need to be very sort of tough. You need to be able to take knocks. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur is essentially just problem solving. Uh, so you know, every day you're presented with a, a an array of problems, and you need to find the best way to solve them. Um, yeah, so I think you need to be you need to be focused on your vision and on your purpose. You have to remember why you're doing something and, and not be too, um, you know, not dive, divert, divert too much in, in favor of like the shiny new object, uh, which is basically like, you know, you might see an opportunity there to set up another business and you're like, okay, I'll go and do that. And I think the entrepreneur is generally someone that is quite kind of um, motivated by success and also I think that can lead to wanting to kind of multitask a lot whereas I think the best thing that you can do is kind of decide your path and your journey and where you want to go and, and try and keep yourself focused on that path instead of getting too distracted by different things uh, and you know all of those distractions apply so much in, in the current world because we have you know Facebook, Instagram, now Clubhouse, TikTok, everyone's telling you to start this and start that when actually you do need some time just to sort of work on what, you know, your own things away from away from all of those platforms. No, I, I would agree. It's now every other second there's something new and shiny that people want to run towards. I love that you mentioned um, Clubhouse and TikTok because um, the other few that you mentioned, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they've been around for a while now. And TikTok and Clubhouse are newer, um, yeah. relatively speaking. And yeah, th there could be you know, perhaps opportunity there, but it can also be a distraction um, for some, which may be an unpopular opinion, especially in the hype of today. But yeah. yeah. Definitely. And it's very important to know, you know, who your audience are or who your customer are and where they hang out. You know, you, you, you can have 100 people telling you to start a TikTok channel, but if your target audience is 40 to 50 year old men, then there's no point starting a TikTok channel because that's not where they're hanging out. Um, so, yeah, the best thing you can do is kind of get in on those conversations with the, the people that you care about as opposed to thinking that you need to do everything and be everywhere yeah no I definitely I definitely agree I definitely agree and what would you say like the music industry is like today and before we get into the big pandemic what would you say the music industry is like today in terms of how how it is compared to how it has been the last kind of 10 20 years because there's been so much change it's unbelievable yeah i mean you know from a from a blanket perspective it's harder for talent um i think we've created a industry and a space that is amazing for fans so you can get everything you need at your fingertips for free um but that you know by its nature doesn't create a very great space for artists um 
so artists have to be able to find ways you know beyond the crossing your fingers that you get a million streams on Spotify and make a couple of thousand pounds they need to be able to create revenue in other ways in order to survive um yeah so I think for artists it's about being a little bit creative in your approach to your career uh looking at it more like a business uh what you can sell who you can sell it to as opposed to just um conforming to the traditional uh industry roots which are a little bit broken uh, in my opinion right now no i agree so much with with all of that like i i think the industry is broken and and artists and music entrepreneurs need to be way more creative in the space to ensure they get you know revenue because it is a music business and also yes the fans have so much more access now to the industry with things like spotify and you know streaming platforms youtube so it's very easy for the consumer to consume but like that has dried up some revenue streams potential revenue streams or or the old school ones that used to work i you know the cds the vinyl cassettes yeah and um, it is encouraging that creativity not only in the art but in the business side of of music as well so i i completely agree with that yeah definitely amazing amazing and so like touching on um what we discussed in terms of inclusivity would you say it's um what would you say and i have to be particular in the way that phrases where do you see it now and where do you see it going and why do you think it it should be that way um i mean i think the why is because equality is about fairness and i think everybody should strive for fairness whether it's about a particular industry or whether it's about you know the world on a on a you know much greater ish, uh, level so you know one of the top un problems which they're looking to address is um equality for women so on a on a you know much larger level it's about equality um but on a kind of music industry level i think it's yeah it's about equality and it's about the fact that there are just as many talented female artists as there are male artists out there um so it's about giving kind of equal opportunities so that everybody can shine um and work to their full potential because if the opportunities aren't there um then you know then then often artists can't um you know get 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 to the level that they might their talent might allow them to and i think if people don't work to their full potential then that's sad and it's you know an opportunity missed uh, and lost um i think you know the reason why females don't get as much opportunity is because the consumer buys less uh, you know records produced by females but they're buying less because there are less so it's a bit of a kind of vicious cycle that needs to be broken at um at a grassroots level so it, people need to address it kind of right at the beginning of people's careers um and you know an interesting fact is that at university level so people studying music they're 
it's actually slightly in favor of women. So there's more women at university level, but somewhere between university and building your career, the, the women are getting lost. Uh, and to me, it has to be to do with the opportunities that are coming from the music industry. Because if you can't see, you can't. If you can't see it, then you can't be it. So if you're not seeing people that look like you, or people that sound like you, or people that are the same gender as you getting opportunities, then you're not going to um, think that you can do it. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think that's a really strong and valid point, and I think it ties in nicely with with another area that you know has been really seen in the last few decades of the culture towards women within the industry and how um, women can be treated within the industry and and how this may be something that you know can be off-putting or a threat or you know cause its own problem so what would you say to to that side of things as well um sorry could you just repeat repeat the question i yeah, didn't so get the actual question yeah, so the question the question is um, essentially with within the industry, there's been a lot of um, toxic culture kind of created towards women in terms of putting them in maybe unsafe or unfavorable situations um, just because they're women. And so the question is, what would you say? Um, how how would that impact on people on maybe you know that gap between lots of people in 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 university and way less people coming into the industry would you say that impacts um the choices and and the reduced amount of women coming into the industry yeah so i mean i think kind of um you know women being suppressed or violence towards women or you know anything like that is it's a global issue and it's not just present in the music industry it's present everywhere um but i think because of the nature of you know the, the kind of relationship between certain kind of male figures of um of, you know the music industry works at an early level in that you know you'll often have a guide helping you whether it's your producer your manager a photographer and often those people in positions of power are men and I think a lot of those kind of issues that have happened in the music industry have been about uh, male um, men abusing their positions of power and that doesn't just happen in the music industry that happens in in sports, in athletics, in, in um, all different creative industries and in, in the corporate space as well. So, you know, I'd say that, you know, that's a global issue that needs addressing and it is being addressed and, and we all need to keep working towards that. Um, but I think it's up to individual industries to, to kind of police their industry as well um, to make sure it, it's not happening in the industry. Um, I would say that the music industry Although there's like definitely a kind of unrest around the, the gender narrative, it hasn't really had its big Me Too moment. There's been, you know, moments of it like Kesha um, coming out against Dr. Luke and, and also um, more recently, um, I forget her name, but coming out against Marilyn Manson. But there hasn't kind of been this big 
moment like there has in, say, the TV industry uh, or in the sports industry. And I think that's potentially coming. And I think what happens when those those things happen on a really big scale is that everybody sits up and takes note so that then people don't allow things to happen anymore. Whereas I think probably what happens a lot is just, you know, people turning a blind eye to situations or, you know, it's just, it's, it, they're allowed to do it because it's always been like that. You know, whether it's people silencing women in the recording studio to people not um, having enough women on the stage at a festival, you know, the, the kind of, we do it like that because it's always been like that, shouldn't, shouldn't be an excuse any longer. No, I agree. I think the music industry needs to kind of step up and it needs to really, you know, be looking into the future and looking forward instead of holding on to the past um, with things that clearly don't work in the world that we live in now and, you know, didn't work then, don't work now. So why should certain things be held on to? So, So I would definitely agree with that. And um, yeah, there's a lot more awareness being put. And I, I would say, yes, there hasn't been that moment like you've, you've explained, but um, perhaps, you know, maybe there might not need to be a moment to make the change, which would probably be the, the best way to go about it. But at the same time, sometimes stuff like that can really spark that, that change in a way that it needs to be sparked, you know? Yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, it would be great for there not to be any kind of big moment because someone then would have to suffer that. Um, And I do believe that there is a shift happening, you know, the fact that we're even talking about Nadia Khan's publication or, 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 you know, the fact that, you know, I'm coming on a podcast to talk about it means that there is a shift, uh, which is definitely the, the kind of beginning of something. It's just... Uh, keeping up the energy for it and making sure that change actually happens instead of just talking about it. Indeed. And I agree. I agree. It's good that these are becoming, you know, more open conversations um, that the public can hear and they can reflect on it and make the change in their own, um, in the context of their own life. So that's, that's amazing. That's definitely really a good thing. Nice. And now let's touch on the big spanner in the works, this pandemic and the impact that it's had on the music industry. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's a huge effect, probably the, the biggest industry that's affected along with the hospitality and, and travel industries. Um, you know, I, I, I was running a live event twice a month. So from a personal point of view, as soon as it happened, everything changed from my world. Um, you know, from an artist's point of view, I think something like 70%, 70 or 80% of an artist's income comes from live shows. So them having that taken away from them has been catastrophic um, for the whole industry. Venues, small venues, like people not being able to stay alive, left, right and centre. Um, and, you know, above all, just, not being able to create in the same way for musicians has been very hard. I think for a lot of artists, that live moment is, you know, what they live for and why they're doing what they're doing. And to not be able to have that for over a year, uh, you know, 
mentally has been very hard for a lot of artists that I talk to. Um, on a, from a positive perspective, I think publishing companies are kind of overwhelmed with how much music is being released. So it's a good thing that people have had that time and that space to really work on their craft. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's a, it's a very scary time, not knowing how we'll come back from it. Um, I'm sure we've lost a lot of very potentially successful people from kind of not being able to sustain their their lives with with the with what's available right now. Um, yeah, and I just hope that that everybody can come back from it, whatever that whatever that means. I don't think we'll ever go back to exactly the same again, but I don't know. I don't know what the new normal will be. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat and like not knowing what the new normal would look like. And I, I just think we'll have to wait and see if, if I'm honest. And, and yes, I, I'd agree. There's a lot of people that have, you know, missed out on a, a big chunk of their livelihood through the events and the life side of the music industry. Um, and also on the flip side, there is that um, more music kind of going out you know music supervisors and publishing companies have like a, a lot um still going on which is at least you know good and yeah so so it is a bit of um you know it's a dark cloud and the silver lining so so there is definitely that side of it um but I, I expect and I hope that after this, people would have just missed it so much that it's just going to be this big boom of um, appreciation for the live events coming back and people are going to really enjoy going to concerts again, festivals again. They're going to appreciate open mic sessions a bit more, smaller shows a bit more. And I think, you know, all that time missed out on, on the live aspect, people are just going to want it back and I'm going to appreciate it a whole lot more. That's what I um, anticipate. Hopefully it will be like that and, and people really kind of are more supportive on, on that front um, because, because even, and it will be lovely to hear your thoughts on this, I feel that there was a bit of a divide happening in the live space where like the concerts and the festivals were really, really booming and, you know, ticket prices going up and a lot more demand. Um, on that side, but then maybe people with like the open mics and the smaller shows were becoming a bit less supportive for the smaller venues and, and stuff. So I think that will really bridge the gap and both will boom and thrive. So what are your thoughts on that, like post pandemic? Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, I hope you're right. And I uh, definitely can envisage that moment where everybody leaves their house to go to a festival and it's, you know, glitter falling from the sky and we all have that kind of big moment of freedom um mm -hmm. yeah. but yeah i mean it's interesting about um you know live versus uh, small versus big events i think i think smaller events are probably going to be the first to be allowed um which hopefully will give them a chance to to kind of boom a little bit um before we're kind of overtaken with these massive stadium shows of thousands and thousands of people um i think from an audience perspective i i think that they're you know we're so used to getting everything we want for free and even you know even the event that i run um 
because it's been happening in members clubs it, it's been free for people to come to um and you know even from my perspective we'll never be um having the show at the same venue as we did because that venue is now closing down unfortunately um but you know i've made it i've made a stake in the ground that we won't do free events anymore um and that actually they'll be ticketed a so that the artists can be paid more and b because i just think it it puts more of a value on what you're doing um and i think audiences need to yeah audiences need need to need to make that um make that financial commitment uh, to to maybe appreciate it more um but you know there's been amazing support in in the online space for the talent i've seen you know people giving out lots you know paying to go to street uh, online streams and and giving little tips on twitch and, and instagram and things like that and, you know artists have found ways to make money so i'm not kind of you know, not to the detriment of, of the audience. I think people have been doing their best to support in a time when they probably need support themselves. Um, yeah, and I just hope that extends to the live space when, when we get out there. I think I think it's going to be a really exciting time for events, but we just need to, to grit our teeth and bear, bear it a bit longer before we get there. Amazing. Uh, I agree. I agree. I think it will hopefully come back with a bang and um you'll be appreciated when it does as well definitely very very nice very very nice so we're just gonna like go into the last last few bits so what would you say to the audience listening would be um a message from you to them um what kind of people listen to this podcast lots of different types of people around the world so we have people in the uk we have people in america we have people in um, australia we have people in the netherlands it's like quite the spread and yeah. people that like entrepreneurship people that like music people that make music other music entrepreneurs so it's this kind of um group of people yeah uh i mean i guess the, the sort of crossover for music and entrepreneurship is about following your passion so identifying what your passion is and following it and i think both of those can be very hard tasks i think it can be very difficult to identify what you really love um and you know for a musician that's uh on the one hand realizing that you love music and that's what you want to do with your life but on the other hand finding your sound finding your brand like where do you really fit in are you just making you know hip-hop music because you think it's cool and actually you want to be a folk singer like really listening to to where what your path is uh, and then in order to, to follow it just have that kind of north star like remember why you're doing what you're doing put it on a post-it note above where you work and whenever you're kind of veering or you're getting tired one day or you don't you know you think you get some kind of knock um, you just look at that and remember why you're doing what you're doing, um, and that should should keep you on your on your path. Amazing! Thank you so much, Harriet. And so, where can people find you and find what you do? Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is just Harriet J W. Uh, so two R's, one T, J W, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to check out the girls to the front, it's girls T T F on Instagram and secret underscore sessions is my live show.
Amazing. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much, Harry. It's been a very nice episode full of lots of nice nuggets and beautiful things. I love it. Good. Thanks for having me. And nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And so this has been the Gaki Music Podcast. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share with a friend or a colleague and enjoy the rest of your day.